So welcome to another Impact Sessions podcast with me, Nick Bramley. This week, we're talking about a genuine passion for UK manufacturing. And I'm delighted to have as my guest, a lady who is, shall we say, a titan of the Yorkshire manufacturing community. Uh, I've got Tracy Dawson. She's the managing director of Dale Tech Electronics. But there's so much more to Tracy and in terms of her kind of passion for UK manufacturing. So without further ado, welcome to the Impact Sessions, Tracy. Good morning, Nick. Uh, thank you very much for having me. And, no problem. Uh, to, invite, to invite me to talk about my passion for manufacturing. Well, it's clear from everything that you do, every post that you make, every time I've interacted with you, you know, the DNA says manufacturing. I did notice, actually, though, you didn't come from manufacturing background. Your early career, when I looked at your LinkedIn profile, you were sort of administrative, secretarial kind of um, administration jobs, weren't you, that kind of stage? Well, originally, actually, I was a beauty therapist. Oh, wow. And, uh, okay. I, I didn't go that far work. back. <laughs> no, no that, you're quite right. It's a long way back. Um, yeah, my background was uh, I met my late husband, actually, and worked with him. And he was a very clever electronic engineer, way before his time in many ways. Mm. Uh, we had the first uh, satellite dish manufacturing company in the UK. We were manufacturing 1.8 meter dishes. Wow. Um, and uh, we did a, a number of other things, including, you might remember the um, travel lodges yeah. and, and little chefs. When they brought, when they started to erect the travel lodges next to the little chefs, we got the contract from Thorny MI to convert the 14J1 TV into a radio clock alarm TV. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> So they sent the TVs to us. We then took the front off them, put the mod on them, and sent them back out to the little chefs. Wow. Um, and Colin and I spent one summer uh, going around the country visiting all the little chefs to make sure, or the travel lodges to make sure they were in play. I'll, I'll um, be honest with you, you'll know you, you'll know you were around a little chef at cooked English breakfast then, do you? Oh, I do. <laughs> we had some good times. Um, so a diversity, really, of manufacturing. And, and, and I was very lucky. He was a great mentor. So um, it just became part of my DNA. Yeah. Well, it certainly is in your DNA. Um, before we get a little bit more of your backstory, just this is going out in January 2021. It's fair to say that 2020 has been, well, let's use the word challenging, unprecedented, and all the other phrases that have been used. Um, what's your take on the headline state of play for UK manufacturing as we sort of enter another year? Where, does, where do you think UK manufacturing sits at the moment? We've got a very, very strong manufacturing base in the UK. And I think that we do not promote it as we should. Hmm. Um, I, 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 have, I have great optimism for manufacturing going forward. I don't really buy into the rhetoric around uh, everything will be reshored. I don't think that's possible now. The supply chains are so different. But I do believe that um, with the enthusiasm and the passion that we can continue to build the manufacturing sector. Mm. I think when you listen to the press, you're of the impression that the manufacturing sector is on its knees and there's nothing in there and there's lots of redundancies. Actually, you know, 
in, in, in the Leeds area, there are over uh, 1,800, almost 2,000 manufacturing companies, wow. you know, employing over 24,000 people. So we have these very strong manufacturing bases, and I am very optimistic, regardless, you know, of the ridiculous B word. Mm. Uh, I, I feel that we will find a way through it, regardless of how the politicians uh, react. One of the things that gets me about those stats and the strength is why are we not getting the press coverage for that for manufacturing? Why is it always do you know we only ever get doom and gloom on the news anyway? But there's been some fabulous stories this year of success, and there's been some fabulous stories of businesses you know growing in a pandemic and employing more people and creating you know, apprenticeship programs and all sorts of stuff. So. Is, is there any body, uh, uh, like a trade body or organisation, responsible for getting that message out there that's maybe missing that? Um, oh, that's an interesting question. We are one of the very few trade bodies we're associated with is Make UK, mm. uh, which is the old EES. So that's the national body for manufacturing companies in the UK. The biggest problem we have at the moment is that we have a government who is not backing manufacturing. Mm. Um, they... They have little knowledge of it. Um, they are, have a completely different strategy around growth for the UK, and it doesn't include manufacturing. So Make UK are working very hard at, uh, and Stephen Phipson in particular, in, in, in representing manufacturing. Um, but we are, it feels like we're fighting an uphill battle at the moment. Can I be cynical and say, and it might be wrong, but the observation is, I'm not, I don't work in manufacturing, I've got a number of manufacturing clients is, manufacturing feels geographically northern heavily based, you know, compared to, there's, 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 there's lots of pockets of, of, of engineering excellence in the Oxfordshire area for, you know, sort of uh, Formula One, there's lots of stuff around the Midlands, but it, it's, is it because it's dirty and blue collar and a bit northern that you're not getting the support you think from the government who don't understand it? Um, difficult question. I think there's definitely an, an image problem. I don't think uh, anyone would deny that. But we, you'll know, I'm chair of the Leeds Manufacturing Alliance. We organise the Leeds Manufacturing Festival, and the idea is to actually bring up to date 21st century manufacturing to young people mm. and it's really interesting i was at the when we could do things we were at the apprenticeship fair earlier this year as the manufacturing alliance and genuinely we had about 12 manufacturing companies in 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 the area talking to all these apprentices generally the parents didn't want the kids involved in manufacturing wow. um, and and they were walking past me well they, they didn't get past me really because I stopped them but um so I think there's definitely there's definitely an image problem but if you think about all the cutting edge manufacturing that we do in this country and especially around the big names um you know Rolls-Royce BAE and etc there are some enormous fantastic innovation uh going on in this country that just isn't supported by the government at the moment but it, it, we've always been world leading, haven't we, in terms of innovation and product design and, and all that kind of thing. And, and it used to be, and I don't know if it's still the case, that the Union Jack on a on a uh, you know a manufactured piece of equipment 
stood for something? Does that is that still the case, Tracy? Does that still sort of resonate globally that UK manufacturing is um, perceived better externally than it is internally? There, there is still kudos around the British flag, and there's no doubt about that. My fear is that we're hanging on to uh, history, if you like, rather than creating. Uh, you know, I think for too long we've been a little complacent. There are some incredibly clever people around the world. Uh, that an innovation isn't isn't uh, just the British, and and that worries me a little bit. But I think that we are, especially during this pandemic, we've proven, especially in the manufacturing sector, that we can innovate. Mm. I hate the word pivot, but the, but the truth is a lot of manufacturing companies were able to do that. Mm. Um, and we have the capability. Um, I think the British, the British Union Jack is still extremely well respected. Mm. I think we need to live up to that. Okay, that's an interesting perception then in terms of how that looks. Um, what I would say to you is, let's take the global pandemic as it stands. I have talked to a number of manufacturing clients um, who said that because of supply chain challenges and because of problems with you know getting product from where their normal routes have been um, through you know Far East or Eastern Europe or whatever, um, a lot of companies, through no other alternative, had to look to UK manufacturing. Has that been sustained? Is that sustainable? Do you think people will return to their old, you know, cheap and offshore ways? What's your view on kind of, you know, those businesses that have helped other organisations out by being available, by, by you know, producing goods effectively quickly to good standard obviously from a price point probably slightly more expensive than they would have been traditionally what's your view on that sustainability of that as a relationship and, and, and that can only be good for UK manufacturing if it is you know sustainable I guess um, there are two aspects of it and the first is really a more global one and I, I am absolutely an advocate of collaboration hmm. there's far more to be gained by manufacturing companies working together than, than, uh, than seeing each other as competitors. So, I, and I think there is value in that. What my knowledge sits with electronics and the bottom line is there are no electronic component manufacturers in the UK. We are always gonna have to source mm. mainly from the Far East. That's not gonna, that's not gonna stop. Mm. They are incredibly good in the Far East at manufacturing print PCBs, printed circuit boards. We can do it here in the UK, and we do do it here in the UK. But uh, most PCB manufacturers have partners in the Far East. Right, okay. You know, that, so I think there is something around that ship, to some extent, has, has sailed. You know, there are some, of course, there will always be some routes that can be reshored. But when we're talking about the fundamentals of, of, of my supply chain, that's not going to come from the UK. No. So how did the how did the pandemic affect you then at Dale Tech from a access to resources and, and, and parts to you know complete your manufacturing process? It must have been a you know a, a hell of a shock to the system when we we literally shut down the country for certainly in the first four or five weeks from March. It slightly opened up from there, but you know, how did that affect you? 
Well, I, I, you'll probably remember this. I was on, in February, uh, a number of news organizations asked to talk to me about how it was affecting us. And it was mid-Feb. I was like, I'm the idiot that said it's all okay. Don't worry about it. My supply chains are intact, mm -hmm. um, which, uh, which amuses me very much, given what happened. Within a month, we were in lockdown. Um, actually, uh, I think there were a couple of things that were in our favor. Some of it was around Brexit that didn't happen the year before, where people had restocked, had, were holding surplus stock. We had made, taken a strategy to uh, ensure our supply chain was as resilient as possible by using um, very strong distribution channels. Um, so we, although historically we'd used oh, hundreds of suppliers of different components, we actually narrowed that right down and just looked at very strong supply chains. Mm. And because of that, that didn't affect us. What did affect us was the way it was announced. Mm. Well, I think that, that's, been a, that's been a real problem. I, I, it's not really a political uh, podcast, but you know, I think, and, and they're making up as they go along because they're getting advice that changes on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm not sure that we would say that any other you know, uh, a group of people would have done things any differently or, or any better. We don't know, but you know, it's that stop-start change of, policy you know we're open we're not open we're tier one tier four we're having a lockdown partial lockdown then you've got scotland wales ireland doing different things it has been a you know a complete and utter mess of, of of communication i guess so you know when you're trying to manage a supply chain and, and a product manufacturing process if things aren't aligned any one gap in there is going to cause you problems isn't it i guess absolutely and and it you know, it went a bit further than that, really, in terms of staff coming back into the building. Mm. Um, and, and in fact, as part of the Leeds Manufacturing Alliance, so about, uh, a number of, um, of manufacturers made videos that we, you know, we put through social media about, don't worry about coming back to work. This is what we've done. We're making it safe for you. Mm. Um, which was, we, we had really good reception around that because we really felt that there was, for people that had been on furlough, there was a fear of coming back to work. So not only did we have to worry about the supply chain, we had to worry about bringing people back in the building, yeah. you know, and keeping them safe while they were here because there was, you know, we were all in, in uncharted waters. The other thing with that, though, Tracy, is, you know, you're in a sector and you represent a sector, as you say, in terms of the Leeds Manufacturing Alliance, etc. You're in a sector that you can't work from home. You can't do what you do. I mean, some of the admin and the central services and maybe IT and things can be run remotely, but you're making stuff in a, in a factory environment and you've got the machinery and the tools to do that, but you don't, you can't just take them home and I'll, I'll just, I'll sit in my bedroom and, and convert that, can you? So how quickly did you respond to that opportunity to bring people back and, and how quickly did you get up to a production level where you were thinking, you know, we're still in the game here then, you know, what, what was the, what was the middle bit of 2020 like for you? Um, where we actually made the decision to close for the, for May, uh, hmm. because the majority of our customers uh, either canceled orders or, or, or delayed them, hmm. which gave us a little bit of breathing space. Um, and as soon as we saw the door was open to get people back in, we worked really hard at risk assessments, walking it through uh, and bringing 
some confidence back in. I mean, it, it's even my own family were saying, well, can't you, does everybody really have to work? I, said, I can't give people a bag of bits and say, go home and try and make something. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. No. Um, and, and nor does, let's pivot. Well, pivot to what? We're a manufacturer. That's what we yeah. do. So, um, a lot of people sort of were asked to, and I won't use the P word because it's one that I don't like as much as you clearly don't like it either, but a lot of people moved into things like PP manufacturing and, you know, those kind of stuff. But I think they, a lot of them got the fingers burned because they were promised that the, the government would buy their equipment, but then they realised it wasn't CE marked and then there was all sorts of challenges around that. So, you know, the, the, the dreaded P word didn't work out for everybody who jumped on that particular uh, support. And I'm not saying it's bandwagon. The government were asking for it, weren't they? But then they didn't really live up to that. But let's talk about more positive things, okay? You're yep. passionate. You're passionate about changing perception of the sector. Yep. You mentioned earlier, parents might be a stumbling block uh, or a potential stumbling block. Um, is that down to anything other than historic perception of, of, of manufacturing? And what are you and what are the sector doing to re-educate those parents? Because I've got a friend who's got a, a son who's on a Rolls-Royce um, uh, apprenticeship as a mechanical engineer, and he is absolutely flying literally he's loving it he's earning good money he's learning he's being put through university there's loads you know and you look at it and go well isn't that a brilliant brilliant output and he got that job on his own he got that apprenticeship on his own um why why what are you doing about that as a as a, as a sector and, and you know is there anything we can do collectively to promote manufacturing as a as a as a really good career option I think there's a number of things because it doesn't, it's not just around, you know, it's definitely about the influences around young people mm. and, and the influences of parents, grandparents and the education system. So, um, unfortunately, most, this is going to, this is a very sweeping statement, but most teachers and influencers in, in the education setting have no understanding of SMEs or manufacturing. Mm. So whereas they might say, oh, that's a really good idea. Go for an apprenticeship at Rolls-Royce. That sounds marvellous. Mm. They would no sooner say, have you had a look at any manufacturing companies around here? Yeah. And because there is a perception that manufacturing is dirty and I mean, you put a big name like Rolls-Royce around it and suddenly it's marvellous. But yeah, put it, 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 It's sexy, isn't it, Rolls-Royce, as opposed to not being sexy if it's, you know, Dale Correct, Tech absolutely. Or, uh, oh, absolutely. And, you know, and it's, it, I think what there's also a misunderstanding that actually these companies also need all the wraparound services with it. We need sales, we need accountancy, <laughs> we need everything else mm. as well as the manufacturing. Um, and I think that's, we can, we, we're trying very hard through the uh, Leeds Manufacturing Festival. We've had pretty good success. It, it's more difficult this year, of course it is, because we're doing it by video and we're, yeah. you can't. You, I'm absolutely fed up, like most people are, of these damn Zoom meetings, just because I'm a people person and you miss uh, that behaviour, you miss yeah. that contact. Uh, and we can, it's difficult to to reach out to young people because they're, you know, looking at the phone or whatever and they're not interested. Historically, you'll have had 
potentially, or certainly some of the manufacturers would have had school visits, wouldn't they, to show them, Absolutely. you know, what a manufacturing process and operation looks like. And, yeah, I remember about 100 years ago going on a few of them. You know, I, I went to ICI on a visit. I'm from the northeast and went to ICI for a visit. And you're sort of looking at it with, like, with wide eyes thinking, well, I had no idea this went on. and I had no idea this is what this was about. And whatever, you, obviously you can't do that at the moment. Is that is that Has that always been part of the the sort of engagement piece is bring them in, show them, get them, you know, to have a look and a feel of what it looks like. Yeah, that's absolutely, that's absolutely what we, what the intention of the Leeds Manufacturing Festival was. Actually, we struggled with that because the schools don't want to do the visits. They a, want us. There'll be a health and safety officer won't somewhere saying, oh, I don't know, we need a risk assessment we need to know the inside leg measurement of everybody, everyone who works at the, the, the place that needs a full CRB check. Uh, we can't possibly put our young people at risk. And I get risk assessments and I get health and safety, but at the end of the day, you know, you could easily put on a safe, interesting and fascinating visit to Dale Tech, couldn't you? Um, but someone's got, yeah. to buy, someone's got to buy into that. The school would say it's a good thing to do, isn't it? Oh, that's absolutely true. I'm also an enterprise advisor with the LAP, and, and the, one of the problems with the schools is that they have a remit and they now have key deliverables, and that's not getting the kids out into into uh, uh, visits. Right. So, you know? so, so that, that doesn't tick. That doesn't tick an Ofsted box, or it doesn't meet the requirement they're going to get measured on. That's a hell of a shame, isn't it? Really. I mean, there, there was a change about a, a couple of years ago, and. And if I'm right, the Gatsby benchmarks and, and around um, what the schools had to deliver and how they could, uh, the children had to have to have a number of touch points with the outside world and with mm. career things. Um, and, and that certainly helped. Um, um, we've, we've had great success touching young people. And, it's, and you're right, Nick, it's, I, I cannot tell you how heartwarming and that's I'm not sure that's the right word when you see young people come in and look around our building and just are in awe and we yeah. didn't know you did that I, I, I didn't know this even happened how can this happen you know in Leeds big wide eyes your drop you know from the outside I don't know what goes on in that building but I'm about to find out so well let's let's hope 2021 gets to a stage where that can happen again let's hope that schools see the light in terms of their responsibilities to students to say, you know, what are your career options? I'm a, um, you know, I'm, I'm a parent, I'm one of my daughter's at university at the moment, she's going to university uh, second year, she's in second year doing psychology, she has to have a degree for the job that she wants. But that's not the be all and end all route, is it? It doesn't have to be that route. Why do you have to go to university? Why do 75% of people go to university instead of, you know, going into a, a job or a role through an apprenticeship scheme, it is perception reality. It is probably about, you know, sort of um, perceived value, isn't it, really? Oh, well, if I go to university, I have a university experience. If I go to work, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to work. There's, there's a whole education piece there, isn't there? Uh, absolutely. And it, it's really interesting that, that graduates... Uh, also have, have really got a bit of a bad press in manufacturing because they can come out and they don't have any skills. But that's slowly starting to change. And we've got a young guy here who's doing a degree in electronics 
and works on the shop floor mm. two days a week, as well as doing his degree, which he expects to get a first in. So he will be super employable. Mm. Please God, we can keep him because, you know, he has all the skills that you need, the theory and the practical. And, and sometimes that's, I, I think that's underrated. Do you work with the higher education, so the, the sixth form colleges and the universities themselves, in terms of any curriculum content or any, you know, support for, you know, just, just literally promoting manufacturing them? What, what are you doing around that then, Tress? We're, we're involved with um, Leeds City College. Mm-hmm. Actually, we've got an apprentice from there, and I, really good providers. Um, and the UTC, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what's the UTC? Um, it's the Technical College in Leeds. Okay, that's fine. Oh, it's fantastic. It's um, they only take children. I think it's from fourteen onwards, mm. um, and they only do uh, the the very much based around engineering. It's a fabulous place. If you ever get the opportunity to go down and see it, it's next to Brain. Um, just marvellous place because the kids are going in there and wanting. So it's a vocational type of tra- of education yeah. at the side of traditional education. They still, have to um, do, they still have to do GCSEs in the other subjects as well? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. yes. Um, and, and, and I've got to say, they have a very different approach. So the days are longer. The, the, the kids are at at school for a long working day as opposed to a short day mm. um so so they come out with a better all work experience of, i've had from there have been really good because mm. they, they want to do it and they've, they've, they've probably got a work ethic that's been bred into them because of the, yeah the... it is it's just this is the way you behave yeah. uh, and i'm also involved with um uh leeds university business school yeah. uh, with their external uh contact and communications um, because we need to uh, embrace it. You know, I think historically there's been a little bit of reticence around manufacturing and academia. Mm. Yeah, I think it probably has. What what I would say is we talked a lot about Leeds and West Yorkshire and, and your individual passion for that. What would you say to anyone listening who is in a manufacturing role, maybe an MD of a business and, you know, uh, who are working in the UK? What, what do you think they could be doing more or should be thinking about or, you know, helping to, to promote the sector and to give back into the community in terms of saying, look, you know, there is an option here. Is there enough being done by other people or is it, just, is it one of those where volunteers put their hand up? And then they get stuck into it. And if you don't, if you're not a volunteering type, you're never going to make a difference. Is that how it works? It, it of course, that's part of it. But I think that um, we have a, a, a the gift of social media, mm. um, and you have to have a passion and you have to want to to to, to promote the manufacturing sector. I just I genuinely absolutely love it. The fact we make something every day, different products for different people, and our success is based on other people's success. And I think it's absolutely marvellous. So I, I, you know, I just want to shout about it. And I want to tell people- You can't help yourself though, Trace, with that, can you? And I think that that definitely shines through. what do you have counterparts in other areas so south yorkshire the west midlands or whatever who you know you you regularly communicate with meet zoom you know dreaded zoom whatever to see 
best practice? Because you'll be doing some great stuff in Leeds, but somebody might be doing some fabulous stuff in Norfolk or whatever. You know, how does best practice around the manufacturing sector get shared in terms of promotion and changing perception and all that kind of thing? I'll tell you who is absolutely fantastic is it is uh, Make UK. Right. Um, and, and the regional director, uh, June Smith, is absolutely fantastic advocate and Annette Hobson they are marvellous at making sure that that best practice is shared um, and you know to some extent Nick that's not my job yeah, no. you know? and, and you have to have a, a willingness to it for it and I don't have I don't have an end goal if you like I just want to tell everybody I love manufacturing yeah well, and I think it's really important that we do share best practice. And there are trade organisations um, like the Chamber and Make UK who are able to do that and, and give, uh, enable that uh, communication with each other and allow collaboration, um, which is, you can, you know, I'm a great believer and you can always learn from somebody if you just listen. Mm. I'm not very good at that, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's the impatience that you've got, isn't it? I guess so. sometimes you want to be getting on to the... It'd be remiss of us to do a podcast on UK manufacturing at the end of December for a January release without mentioning the dreaded B word. You know, as we, as we record this, we've already got queues of lorries on the M2, you know, uh, Dover's shut, people don't want to you know, uh, uh, interact with people from the UK because of a new strain of COVID. So um, what do you see as the impact of a combination of, you know, almost a perfect storm of, of, of shit, really, and I will use that word, Brexit and COVID hitting and impacted? What's the impact of that going to be? And, and, and is there anything that UK businesses and manufacturers can do? I couldn't not ask it though, Tracy. Be really no, no, no. You, well, let's pretend it's not bloody happening because I think that's about as, I think that's what the rest are doing. I mean, I, look, we're facing, especially SMEs, we're facing completely uncertain times. Are we preparing for it? What the hell are we preparing for? Nobody else knows. Hmm. Um, so my strategy is to keep my head down and control what I can control. Mm. Look after our supply chain. Will we be affected? I have no doubt we will be. And will we have to problem solve our way out of it? Yes, I would have thought so. Mm. I think by the by the mess that's happened this week with you know all the trucks sat still for the poor drivers. Nobody thought thought about them. Yeah. Um, I think that there will inevitably be problems if we can't even deal with that. We're going to be in big trouble come the first of January, and and yeah. it's not like it's not like we didn't see the lorry problem coming. It's not like we didn't understand what was going to happen, and yet we don't seem to have planned for it. This 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 strikes me. I'm a big football fan. It strikes me that it's a bit like the transfer window. The transfer window is open for two and a half months, and on the very last evening before the 11 o'clock deadline, there are people moving players around at last second, you know, from one club to another, that they've had two and a half months to sort out and then they're running to, to you know, bombing ahead, all guns blazing at 5 to 11 before the 11 o'clock, 11 p.m. deadline. 
it strikes me a little bit like that. But once you get past the deadline, we are where we are, aren't we? And I really like your attitude of control what I can control. The rest of it will take care of itself. Do you think as a, as a UK manufacturing base, there's enough of that kind of spirit around? Are some people, you know, ready for the fight and up for it, do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. I think we all are. We don't have any options. There are no options in front of us. We haven't been given a good strategy. We haven't been given, you know, in my opinion, the, the, the leadership that we should have been. Mm. And to leave not just the manufacturing sector, but the rest of the country unsure as to what happens. And, and you're right, Nick. What will happen is they'll come out at 10 to midnight and say, don't worry, we've done a deal. And everybody will say, but what does that mean? And nobody will know. It's, it, it, you know, it, it's nonsense. And we just, but we, but the bottom line is we are not in control of that. That is happening somewhere else. Yeah. It's way out of our control now. So what we need to do is come back, look at what we can control and how can we de-risk as much as possible. Excellent. I think some of the stuff that we've learned in COVID will stand us in good stead for the dreaded B word because, you know, we've had, we have had unprecedented and, and very quickly changing scenarios thrown at everyone during certainly March, April and May. I, I, if you think back to March, April and May, no one knew a damn thing, did we? We didn't know what it was, how long it was going to last, what the impact was going to be you know, whether social distancing was with us for the rest of our lives, all that stuff. We didn't know anything at that stage. We've learned as we've gone along. And I think the dreaded B word is probably going to be similar to that process. So I guess the key to this is Q1 2021, get through what you can get through and keep just revisited. And hopefully by Easter, the world will look a bit different. Is it, would, that be your, would that be your mantra for, for a New Year's resolution really, Trace? Now, we've discussed this, uh, you know, at Dale Tech, and that's absolutely our strategy. You know, Q1 21 is about just staying stable, just making sure that we, we've put a lot of work in, like every other company that's come out of this. Mm. We've, we've dug really deep into everything we do and what we're, where we are, and it's really important that those foundations we build on those foundations and, and we'll be ready for growth you know ultimately that's what will happen and, and and are you confident that growth is on the on the agenda at some i mean you, you probably don't know exactly when but growth's on your agenda at some stage in 2021 absolutely yeah absolutely yeah that's what we'll be doing and we'll be looking very carefully at the new markets that are emerging uh, and put a very detailed strategy together in the first in the first quarter, the absolutely roller coaster, isn't it? Mm. We'll be on the way up. And and I listened to a very clever economist, uh, Roger Martin Fag, who has, has has come out and has said he he believes that you know the the second half of twenty one will be boom time. Right. Well, you know these 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 guys and ladies have paid the big bucks to tell us what they've done from their research and analysis. So, Tracy, on that positive note. We're going to sort of end the podcast, but I'm going to share with the uh, those who view this rather than listen to it on uh, audio. Um, those who don't know, the podcast is available on all the usual podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Um, and also it's hosted on our, the Impactus Group uh, website. 
my contact details for, for myself, but more importantly, my fabulous guest, Tracy, uh, here, and they'll all be on the uh, episode notes on whichever platform that you choose to consume the content from. But it just goes uh, to, to say, Tracy, thank you for absolutely sharing that clear DNA passion for manufacturing. I hope the sector continues to benefit from your you know, input, drive, enthusiasm and commitment. I hope quarter one 2021 isn't as painful as we've, we, we fear it might be, but I can't wait to see you continuing to thrive and you know grow in in the second half of 2021 if that's what the economist is saying so tracy thanks for being a fabulous guest i'm sure you've inspired many many listeners with your passion and energy let's hope we can start to educate people that manufacturing is it is the place to be and, and what you should be investing in so thank you very much for your time Trace. thank you nick it's been an absolute pleasure excellent okay stay safe stay well